Hello and welcome to the Popcorn Junkies. We are reviewing a movie called Sick of Myself. I'm just sick of myself. Are you sick of yourself? I'm sick of myself. I'm just absolutely sick to the back teeth of myself. This is a Norwegian deeply dark comedy. Um, it's from, not necessarily from the same filmmakers, but I think it's from the same studio. It's associated with some of the same people who made Worst Person or Worst Woman. Was it Worst Person in the World? This is a curious film. This is a film about a woman. Um, she's a barista. She works in a cafe. She's uh, Her partner is a pretentious artist who, interestingly, makes his art out of stolen items of furniture. He he sort of still bit, steals bits of furniture, steals kind of lamps, steals kind of just objects, things, bits and bobs, soft furnishings, things that you would have around the house. But the part of the, the, the element of them that's absolutely crucial to his art is that he steals them. And she, she sort of aids him in these thefts. She acts as a sort of decoy. You know, she's like a honey trap. She sort of distracts whilst he then steals things. So it's a kind of curious, kind of strange relationship. As I say, she works in a cafe. He's, he's an artist. He's on the ascendancy. You get a sense that he's about to become big. He's very sort of self-obsessed. He's a bit aloof. He's a bit austere in the way that some artists can be. Um, anyway, on, on an ordinary day in her in her cafe, a woman comes bursting through the door, covered in blood, and she's been attacked by a dog. And this is the trigger for a film that, in many regards, is about what it means to be seen, what it means to be noticed. What it means to be in this modern age, in a sense, to be viral, to have something awful that happens to you and how that potentially makes you the centre of attention and how being the centre of attention is the best thing to be. And so it doesn't really matter if you lie in getting there. And so this opening kind of salvo of this woman bursting through the door, covered in blood, attacked by a dog, um, you know, she she kind of, she aids her, she sort of tries to kind of hold her or cradle, gets covered in blood herself. And when she goes home, she says to her boyfriend, he says, what's happened to you? Have you been attacked? And she says, I don't know. I don't. She knows she hasn't, but she likes the attention. She likes the drama. She likes the fact that everything's focused on her for a minute. She likes the fact that he's scared. She even walks down the street when she's covered in blood almost kind of luxuriating in the fact that people are stopping and turning and looking at her and going, what the hell's wrong with her? Has she been attacked or has she murdered someone or something like that? So this, the, the, the theme of this film is about, is, is narcissism. The theme of this film is narcissism and it's it's kind of, it's, it's established right at the front, right at the beginning there, both in the narcissism of the artist, because I think at the end of the day, there has to be some aspect of narcissism in any artist, not necessarily in a horrible way, because what you're saying is what I've got to say and what I'm doing uh, is kind of important and it needs to be put out there and it needs to be consumed by other people. That said, the artist themselves doesn't need to be that narcissistic. And this guy, you know, he's kind of passive aggressive, this guy. He's sort of like, he just wanders around and doesn't really take an interest in anything. So you kind of understand why our lead actress, the woman in this film, is kind of seeking attention or seeking affirmation or seeking some kind of recognition, if you like. She is astonishing. Her name is Christine Kujath Thorpe. She has, she's a, she's a, she's got a knack for slapstick. She's got a knack for straight faced humour. She's got a knack for surrealism, lunacy, delusion, all that kind of stuff. She's brilliant. Fab fabulous comic actress. This is a really complicated, clever, dark and twisted comedy. It's grisly. This goes towards body horror. This is grisly. Okay, so she wasn't bitten. She couldn't really pretend or fake that, but she wants the trauma. She likes the trauma. And this is a thing that I think is a problem with the modern day world. Everyone wants their own trauma. Everyone wants to sort of monetize their own trauma and put their own trauma on the internet or on social media and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you know, we do, everyone does it. You know, mental health issues, all that kind of stuff. This is the culture that we live in. And this film 
kind of caricatures that. It, it's it's a it's a satire on wanting to be the centre of attention uh, at all costs and and regardless of what damage it, you you inflict upon yourself. So we then get to another scene where um her her artist boyfriend is going to be picked up by like an enormous gallery. She keeps trying to diminish it. She keeps saying it's not that big. It's not that big a gallery. It's like the Tate wants him to say. She says yeah, but it's a small Tate. It's the tiny Tate. It's not the big Tate. It doesn't really matter. So she's kind of threatened by her boyfriend's success. She's threatened by the fact that she's not as kind of you know important or recognised or talked about as her partner. And then there's this big dinner. It's a fabulous scene. And she feigns a nut allergy. She's delusional. She's a fantasist. She completely lies. She pretends to have a nut reaction um, in order to usurp and kind of eclipse the achievements of her boyfriend. So she has no shame. And she and he weirdly. And I think if there's one weakness to this film, it's the fact that he will have known she had no nut allergy and she, he knows that she's she's a fantasist and delusional, this kind of stuff, and he never really steps in to stop her, unless in a weird way he knows she's going to destroy herself. He knows that really she's her own worst enemy and that in the end she's the one who's losing out, ultimately. In fact, he's the most passive-aggressive because she keeps doing this stuff and he keeps refusing to acknowledge anything and so she goes further and further and further. And this is about a woman going further and further and further to be centre stage, to be fated, to become famous become more famous than her famous boyfriend who's on the front of art magazines covers and has private views and queues of people queuing up to see his art and all that kind of stuff so what does she do she goes online or she asks her drug dealer to go online and source some really dangerous drugs i think from russia that essentially make you sort of come out in the most awful kind of welts. It's sort of like it burns you from the inside like acid, leaving the most horrendous scars. And so she takes these drugs in order to give herself scars and, 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 and sort of, you know, wounds and suppurating sort of agony all over her skin in order to, um, you know, in order to get the attention of everyone around her. And what she ends up doing, she ends up overdosing and her whole face blows up and so this becomes a body horror so she really wants to be the center of attention at any cost and what happens is as she kind of goes to a drug dealer very funny character the drug dealer in a weird way the drug dealer in this film no one's got any heart there's not much warmth in this film apart from the drug dealer who's a remarkable character who accidentally has sent her a, a film of him trying to suck his own penis but he's incredibly warm he's incredibly funny he's incredibly sweet in a weird way he's the one who kind of gets at the drugs and so we follow her journey as she starts to essentially self-harm she she engages in the most extreme form of self-harm as she starts to take more and more of these pills and she starts to get more and more disfigured and she becomes more and more in a sense disabled um as she kind of tries to get sort of you know noticed and picked up and spotted and admired and recognized and 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 you know, recognised in the street. She, she wants to be on the papers and all this kind of stuff. And the film does a really good thing of kind of slipping between the reality of what's going on. So you never really know, is this the reality of what's happening to her? Or is this in her imagination? She, at a certain point, she's in a sort of 12-step recovery meeting where she's sharing in her sort of illnesses and her, her you know, the, the ways in which she's kind of gone through all these troubles. But none of them in the group believe her because actually, obviously, she's like, she's a true fantasist. She's, she's constructed this entire narrative, but she's taken these drugs in order to pretend that she's actually struggling and suffering from something genuine. She fantasises about becoming a social media sensation. She wants to be interviewed. She wants books written about her. They, they, they cut to images of her in these kind of swanky mansions where she's the kind of, she's the star and her partner, you know, her boyfriend, the artist, is the one who's kind of looking after her and kind of like, you know, is, is sort of pandering to every one of her needs. 
She wants him to be impressed. She wants him to to look at her, essentially. But she won't. But he won't. I mean, even when she's done the taking the overdose and she's in hospital and her face is bandaged up, you'll see it in the trailer. You see it on the poster. She's all bandaged up, and she says, "Oh, people must be wondering where I am. People must be wondering what's happened." And he goes, "No." It's very funny. It's very dark. It's very funny, and it's just really it's about her slow descent into body horror hell. I mean, it really is. She even signs up to kind of a, a modelling agency that that looks after genuinely, you know, disabled or uh, you know physically diverse individuals, people who have you know aren't sort of you know have got sort of a limb missing or look different. Um, and she kind of signs up to this agency because there's the possibility that her 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 injuries and disfigurements and everything else could become um, sort of fashionable and could be sold in the fashion world. And so there's a bit of a send up, not only a send up of the art world, you know, he makes basically art out of chairs that he's stolen, uh, but also of the fashion world. Can anything and everything be turned into something? Will fashion gobble up everything if it needs to and if it and if it wants it? So this film makes you think about the lengths to which people in real in real life now will go to to become a viral sensation. But it's a really dark caricature of self-obsession, about inadequacy, of despair, uh, about self-harm, self-mutilation, and the and the hope of being noticed. And in that sense, it becomes a really dark, twisted caricature of what people are willing to do on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, etc, 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 just to be noticed, just to be viral, even if that viral moment is the only moment that you get. It's about the emptiness of gaining a profile of fame, or, you know, of, of, you know, becoming famous, of getting exposure. To what end? Why? Why do you want it? Who are you doing it for? Who gains from this? Um, it's nihilistic. It's incredibly nihilistic. Her boyfriend is as, as, as unsympathetic as her, as I say. I think the only character in it that has any genuine warmth, ironically, is the drug dealer who tried to suck his own penis. But where I think a lot of people, some of the reviews I've read, uh, sort of talk about the fact that it lacks kind of, that the characters are a bit of a turn off. You know, it's very hard to kind of identify with them. I think that's the point. Um, I sensed quite an authentic portrait of what a lot of people are now, which is slightly sort of, um, sort of muted and uh, sort of desensitized to what it means to be a human being and what it means to be a human being in the world rather than a human being mediated through screens, through selfies and all that kind of stuff. It's almost like a brutalism has crept in uh, into all of our lives towards ourselves so that we can make sure we're this thing on the screens that we all use and we all share and all this kind of stuff. And we forget about the person who's the sort of flesh and blood person. I think this way this film becomes quite clever because it's very flesh and bloody. Her face is is massive, it's bloated, it's bleeding, there are suppurating wounds. There's one scene which is like a dream sequence where her face is on the table and when she lifts it, it's stuck to the table and it comes off like that. There's a moment where she's locked a model in the toilet she, and she, so that she can take the model's shoot and you can see the director and the photographer of the model's shoot are like, hang on a minute, this isn't right for us. The other woman's pretty, she has a different disability that's permissible in the, in the fashion world. This woman, our main woman, is just not good enough. She starts to bleed from here, she starts to vomit, she starts to fall over, it's really, really unattractive and so in that sense I felt that this really is a film about our societal obsession with um, a, a sort of fake version of ourselves that we put out there and how even if we're not literally being physically destroyed or physically destroying ourselves though some people are in order to feed the machine of imagery and how we present ourselves to everyone else 
What happens inside us is what happens to this woman's face. This woman's face, by the end of this film, is an outward manifestation of what I think we all become in our worst places and in our worst states through using all of this social media and everything else. And in a, and in a sense, finally, just a final note on this, there's a book by Patrick Suskind, I think, called Perfume. Uh, and I think Jen, the basic kind of, I've read it so many years ago, but the idea is that he's almost wanting to create a, a perfume that makes people so completely fall in love with him that when they do, they want to tear him to pieces because that's what love would be. It would be a sort of consumption of the person. For me, this was almost doing something similar as that book, Perfume. She she went so far to, to the, she, she'd gone to such lengths to be recognised, noticed by her friends, by her peer group, by her boyfriend, uh, by the world, that she has completely destroyed herself. No one else has destroyed her. She's destroyed herself. And there is satisfaction. Her satisfaction is in achieving any kind of notoriety. You know, they, they do an interview with her at one point and she's like, did you like my quotes? Did you like, and no one's touched by anything. She, there's an emptiness to it, but even the emptiness of her being noticed for all the wrong reasons is enough for her. Dark, twisted, incredibly funny. I, I was laughing out loud many times, but you're also laughing out loud because you're like, should I laugh at this? Should I laugh at this? This is just taking, this is dark. It's a dark, funny film.